Welcome, adventurers. Five miscreants stand between Orteval's meeting of Snare. Will they be talked down, or will this end in violence? Joel Rigetti's Speaking Stone Studio presents... Tales from the Dungeon The big one holding the gnome aloft looked at him with a sneer. If he was worried about Orteval's gear, he didn't show it. The fuck do you want, soldier boy? This don't concern you none. Run along. Orteval rolled his shoulders, responding. Put down the gnome. There's no need for violence. The sneer turned into a glare. Please get rid of this scrub-faced gob. Will I finish my little chat with the rat here? One of the claw-wearing malcontents came from further behind the bar toward him, drawing a short, curved blade. Well, here we go. Orteval thought. Resilia, stand with me. And then what had been calm quiet, with little movement, erupted into chaos. Using Orteval's interruption as an opportunity, the dangling gnome jerked one way and then the other, breaking the thug's grip, hitting the floor, and backing up to the nearby wall. Seeing this, another of the gang moved to where the gnome fled and scored a shallow cut on the short man with his blade. Orteval moved further into the tavern, drawing his shield and mace. Last chance for peace, friends. In response, a dagger flew at him from his left. Orteval ducked just in time for it to pass over him. The big man followed up on the gnome, slipping on God's knows what as he took a swing with a nasty iron-wrapped club. But as he lost his balance, the swing missed the gnome. He was quick, though, and recovered to swing again. The blow crashed into the wall as the gnome stepped aside at the last moment. An attacker came from his right, swinging. Orteval calmly slapped the blade aside with his mace. Then the one from deeper in the bar came at him as well. Orteval fended off that attack with his shield. Dealing with two at the same time now, he heard the apparent leader curse in pain. The additional bandit that had run to help with the gnome was suddenly coming back toward him, moving off to his side to edge toward the door. With three near him, the idea of a fourth lurking in the bar, throwing daggers at him, did not sit well. He kept his defense up, turning ever so slightly to catch glimpse of the one who had thrown them, a woman of average height and raven black hair. Letting his mace swing free on its lanyard for just a beat, he grabbed his amulet and focused on the woman. Why don't you grab a drink and wait for this to be over? The rush of divine energy flowed through him, giving the word strength. The woman's eyes glazed for a beat, but then she shook her head and frowned taking a few steps to change the angle, flinging another dagger. It whizzed under his arm, piercing the mail, and bit deep into his side. Orteval's turned to curse. Well, that didn't work. Toward the bar, the big man screamed and upended a table. Orteval caught another strike on his shield, and then quickly twisted the block a second. This one bit into the rim of his shield. With a quick motion, Orteval recovered his mace and knocked the trapped blade loose of both his shield and the attacker's hand. 
Another yell from the leader, pain and rage. Catching motion out of the corner of his eye, Orteval swung without looking, his mace finding purchase aside the bandit's head that moved to block the door. The enemy was attempting to slip away to help the big man. Let him go. He had enough to deal with with the two on him and the one throwing daggers. Time for some help. He rolled the mace in his hand, fingers working. He called upon the might of Resilia. Eight paces away, in front of the raven-haired dagger-flinging woman, a mace with a silvered wolf head appeared in midair, shedding an aura of blue light. The woman looked stunned for a moment, before the floating weapon struck her stoutly on the head. Finishing the mace roll in his hand, Orteval caught the weapon clean, spun, and swung it into the ribs of the attacker on his left. Motion from behind and searing pain in his leg as a blade cut his thigh. It seemed the woman did not appreciate the knock on the head. He twisted again, turning so that a blow that would have struck true glanced off his armor instead as the last thug scrambled to recover their weapon. From the area of the bar, a gurgle and a thud. He hoped that wasn't the gnome, but he had his hands full with the three on him. Focusing, he moved the floating mace to catch up with his raven-haired attacker. She didn't see it coming. It moved up, cracking again into the back of her head. This time, her eyes rolled, and she slumped to the ground. He faked another blow to his opponent's ribs, raising the mace at the last second as the bandit flinched, catching him hard in the shoulder. Motioned again, this time behind him. Another table upended by the furious leader the dull thud of a club striking flesh. But his focus was still on the two he fought. Two more blows were turned aside with a shield. Another curse of pain from the boss. Even mid-combat, Orteval smiled. That little rat must still be biting. Orteval stepped again at the one he had struck in the ribs and shoulder. As the attacker focused on fending off his weapon, the floating mace came around his side and struck the poor fellow, full in the spine. He squealed and collapsed to the floor. Orteval turned to the last foe, swinging his mace low, smashing it into his hip. To his right, out the corner of his eye, Orteval caught sight of the leader, now red-faced in rage, bleeding from multiple cuts. The man took two massive swings at the gnome. Both made percussive thuds as they landed, one into the shoulder, the other the belly. He doubted the gnome could take much of that. He had to help. He saw the gnome's sword flash out, piercing deep into the angry man's belly just below his ribs. Skittering one way and then the other, the gnome clumsily disengaged, making a last-ditch effort to reach the door. The bandit in front of Orteval lifted his sword for a strike. It fooled him for a half-beat, but that was all it took. The blow did not come at him, but instead cut into the fleeing gnome. Orteval heard the little footsteps falter, and then stop, followed by a thud. The big man turned toward him, eyes bloodshot, a trickle of blood dribbled from one side of his mouth. He took one step toward Orteval, only to be met by an uppercut from the floating mace. Teeth flew, eyes rolled. The man fell like a cut tree, smashing into the dirty floor. With a flourish, Orteval brought his mace from an apparent side strike to a blow that fell from directly above. He let his arm go a little long, so that the half struck the one remaining attacker right between the eyes. 
one final thud on the floor. Orteval spun around, quickly observing the room for any other threats. Just wide-eyed patrons and the bartender standing as far from the action as space allowed. A fistfight may have been joined by many for the sake of something to do. With weapons in play, all were content to observe. Orteval checked his wounds. The dagger in his side had worked its way loose during the fight, and his pants were beginning to stain with blood from the cut on his thigh. But all told, he was in good shape. The gnome. He turned to the door. Just before it, curled up and bleeding, the small figure lay. Orteval kneeled at his side. As he checked for vitals, he thought how strange it was. He had never seen a dwarf's beard on a gnome before. Maybe it was a disguise. The pulse was thready, breath shallow. Orteval's right hand grasped the silver medallion with the depiction of the gray wolf that hung around his neck. Left hand went gently to the gnome's chest. He closed his eyes and whispered, Vesilia, grant me your acceptance and grace. With your knowledge, heal this wound. The medallion grew cold in his hand as the hand on the gnome grew warm. A sputter and a cough. The gnome struggled to sit up. Orteval kept him down with a hand on his chest. You are in no shape to go anywhere, my friend. I just pulled you back from the edge. Lie still. Orteval looked back into the bar. No one had moved a hand's width. They all stared at him, eyes wide, mouth shut. Orteval gestured to the felled thugs and overturned tables. Is someone going to get the marshal? Or do I need to crack a few more skulls? From near silence to a flurry of motion, people rushed by him and out the front door. It seemed at least one of the fleeing patrons had gone to the marshal, as he had shown up three bars later. As the tall, thin, white-haired marshal entered, he took one look around the tavern and froze. Orteval could tell for a moment the man was considering backing out the door. But when he saw that Orteval had already seen him, he came reluctantly in. Orteval explained what had occurred, but the marshal barely held eye contact, instead casting his eyes constantly at the fallen bullies, as if they might rise at any moment. Seeing his concern, Orteval had requested rope from the bar back, who went to the storeroom behind the bar and returned with some twine. The hooligans were bound hand and foot, Orteval checking each of their vitals as he did. All lived. Orteval used his magic to pull the big one back from the edge as well, and stabilized the others. The marshal was reluctant to jail them, until Orteval had promised he would stay in town until the criminals could be turned over to the trying ages. A wagon was procured, and the lot of the fallen were carted off to the jail and locked up. Orteval had kept his eye on the gnome, insisting he accompany them. The gnome was tight-lipped, not speaking. Criminals deposited, Orteval indicated to the gnome that they would return to his father's diner, that they both needed some rest. His father was wide-eyed and panicked, seeing the blood at his side and down his leg, then confused at the bruised and bloody gnome that stood beside him. Orteval had to tell the whole story twice, once for his father to comprehend, and a second time so he could beam with pride during the telling. Finally, they made their way up to his room. Orteval told the gnome he could have the bed. As he shut the door, 
pulled an extra blanket from a chest at its foot, and then slumped down in front of the door to sleep. He could feel the gnome hesitate, but eventually the sound of covers being shuffled, and then soft snores from the bed. Orteval woke early in the morning. To his surprise, the gnome was still there, deep in sleep. He wasn't sure why, but he had felt the mysterious guest might have crawled out the window in the night. He made his way quietly down the stairs. The diner already hummed with wagoneers and business folk ready to get an early start on the day. He had to endure several crushing bear hugs and quell several attempts from his father to have him stand still while he told all present about what a hero his son was. Finally, he managed to procure two bowls of honeyed porridge and a plate of sausage. As he moved to make his way from the dining room, his father stopped him. I completely forgot. This came for you five days ago. His father reached under the counter and pulled out a small letter that bore a dark green seal. I was going to send it on to the temple, but I had hoped you might. His words drifted off. Hands full, Orteval took it under his chin. Back in his room, he set a bowl of porridge and a plate of sausage next to the bed, picking two sausages off of it, before pulling up a small stool and sitting to eat. Finishing, he looked at the seal on the letter. Three falcons, wings spread wide. Orteval smiled. He popped the seal and read, Two, Sergeant Orteval Bonegrinder, re, a favor. Sergeant, I hope this letter finds you well. I know it has been some time since we last spoke, and that you are a man of free will, so please take what I am about to say as only a request. You had said upon our last meeting that you owed me a debt, which I believe to be patently untrue. We all did what we could to watch each other's backs during the Knoll Wars, and a final reckoning of who is owed what, if anything, will only be determined after we pass from this world. But if you are free, and should you so wish, I would request you attend me at my family home in Silvara at your convenience. I have a task I believe you to be well suited for. It could take some time, so please only attend if you might be free for some extended travel. As I said before, I do not believe you owe me a debt, but if performing this favor would alleviate your conscience, then I would be glad of it, for both of our sakes. I shall await your reply in good faith. Yours in service, Merriman. P.S. If you have access to any able-bodied adventurers, there is room for more than one on this task. Orteval read it twice. As he folded up the letter, the gnome stirred and sat up, looking at Orteval, obviously uncomfortable. There is some food for you. Orteval gestured to the nightstand. The gnome made no move, holding his gaze instead. Orteval switched to gnomish and repeated the statement. The gnome's face flushed red, but he still did not reply. Orteval sat for a few beats, and then a feeling came to him. He signed to the gnome. Do you sign? He caught the flicker of surprise in his guest's eyes. A few beats passed. The gnome's hands came from under the cover. Yes. Orteval smiled, signing back. Well, there we are. 
Now we can talk. The gnome frowned. What is your name? Orteval's fingers moved. No response. Come on. I saved your life. The least you could do would be give me your name. Snare. Orteval stared for ten beats, and then broke into laughter. Talkative, aren't you? With the laughter, something in Snare's face softened, albeit reluctantly. What may I ask did those ruffians want from you? A long pause. I skipped out on my portion of the dinner bill. Snare signed. Another laugh. I bet you did. And with how much of their purses? The gnome considered him. At least one gold piece too many. The smile stayed wide on Orteval's face. I'll say. I'm growing to suspect those nimble fingers are capable of much more than jokes. Here, Snare peeled back his lips, exposing his teeth in an odd, feral grin. There was a silence, and then the gnome reached for the porridge and began to eat. As he did, Orteval tapped the letter on his thigh, thinking of all that had happened the last few days, all the connections that had brought him to this moment. The knowing mother worked in odd ways sometimes. Finally, he placed the letter on the small desk behind him. So, where is a nimble-fingered comedian like yourself headed after this? Still eating, Snare looked at him and shrugged. No destination in particular? No one waiting for your arrival? Snare's eyes squinted, and then he shook his head. No. Great, Orteval signed cheerily. As I see it, you owe me a favor, and you never know when a winning smile and some slippery fingers are going to come in useful. A pause. So when you are all healed up, I have a task that needs attending to, and you should come along. Paths now joined, Snare and Orteval kept on a road that eventually led them to their part in the telling of our very first tale. But there is still more to learn. Join me next time for the beginning of our next tale. Dance of the Marionettes. And there you go. Here we are, six episodes into season four. Uh, blows my mind. Uh, thank you, you very much, you, yeah, you, you, whoever's listening. Uh, I really, really appreciate you. And if you happen to be one of my patrons, I really, really appreciate you for your financial support and just helping this show be a thing so that everyone else gets a chance to listen. Uh, yeah means the world uh, coming up on the in in this side of when this is recording we're coming up on the holiday season uh hope everyone's taking care and being safe uh especially this holiday season so uh hold your loved ones dear and i'll see you soon for a new tale thank you so very very much for listening <laughs>